You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Handmaid's Tale Season 2 looks eerily more familiar than Season 1 by Angela Watercutter. In the second season of Handmaid's Tale, everything is different. It has to be. For one, the first season's plot burned through almost all of its source material. Margaret Atwood's 1985 dystopian novel of the same name. For another, the inaugural season was filmed during the 2016 election cycle, a time when many thought America might be on the way to its first female presidency. And season two was written and filmed entirely during the administration of President Donald Trump. To say those factors influenced the latest installments of Hulu's Emmy-winning show would be an understatement. From its deep dives into crackdowns on the rights of LGBTQ people, to its deja vu-inducing scenes of ICE agents herding people at airports, a great many things in season two feel familiar, like watching MSNBC rather than a streaming show. And that's no accident. The show has a writer's room full of news junkies, says showrunner Bruce Miller, and it was inevitable that what they read and saw in the news would find its way into their scripts. All of those things influence discussion in the writer's room, not specifically like, hey, we should do this for this TV show because it's happening now, Miller says, but a lot of Gilead, the show's fictional country, is people saying things that you're shocked they still believe. And when that's happening in the real world, as disquieting as it is, it does help us understand. One of the most disquieting of those moments, at least in the first few episodes, comes in a flashback of the life of Emily or Ofglin, played by Alexis Bledel, before America became Gilead. Back then, she was a college professor who was married to, and had a child with, a woman named Sylvia, played by Claire Duval. As the new government begins cracking down on queer rights, the couple decides to try to go to Canada, leading to a harrowing scene where immigration agents inform them that Sylvia and their young son can leave, but Emily cannot because their marriage is no longer valid. 
Watching it, it's hard not to be reminded of both the years-long struggle for marriage equality and the chaotic scenes at U.S. airports after Trump issued his travel ban in early 2017. Miller acknowledges news images from that time influenced that scene, as did scenes from Nazi Germany and refugee crises in places like Rwanda and Darfur. We certainly get visual cues and a really good sense of what would really happen from real-world scenarios, Miller says. But we try to stay focused on telling our story, because otherwise it just ends up being us gluing modern things into this story, just to make a point. Handmaid's Tale, however, definitely still has points to make. Though, if you're wondering, it still occasionally struggles with how to handle race. As June slash Offred, played by Elizabeth Moss, attempts her escape from Gilead at the start of the second season, she hides out in the vacant building that once housed the Boston Globe. June, still wondering what happened to the country she once knew, is left in its offices trying to put together the pieces. The image of a once-bustling newsroom abandoned is one Miller found quite powerful. For us, what we do is think, what would Gilead hit first, he says. And the same way that people in power who don't like news coverage start attacking the press, we think, what's the next step? After you attack the press verbally, do people start to attack the press physically? There's no free press in Gilead. So when did the press become unfree? As June sorts through old issues of the globe, looking for missed warning signs of the regime to come, it's easy to be reminded of the surprised responses of many Americans to not only the policies of the Trump administration, but also to things like the vocal white supremacist demonstrations that took over Charlottesville last summer. Most people, like June, just wanted to know, why didn't anyone see this coming? It's not our job to do the nightly news. It's our job to be dramatic storytellers. But our themes so unfortunately reflect this pre-Gilead existence we have under the Trump administration. So we do reflect that, says executive producer Warren Littlefield. But boy, the fight for human rights, the fight for feminist rights, those are reflected in the world we're living in. And they're certainly essential to Gilead. And they were also crucial in Atwood's book. Even though much of season two of Hulu's show focuses on events not contained in her novel, they still very much revolve around Atwood's themes. Miller began talking with the author about what could happen once the story moved beyond her pages during the first season, and ultimately he hopes that, although his staff is working in the terrifying sandbox of national treasure Margaret Atwood, they're doing so with her endorsement. To that end, they're exploring the worlds she only flicked at, like the colonies where unwomen who can't have children are sent to clean up toxic waste, and the places in Canada where American refugees settle. The interesting thing is that the person who was most excited about going beyond the book and communicated no fear about that was Margaret Atwood, says Littlefield. But just because the dystopian near future of this season of Handmaid's Tale was able to borrow from current events doesn't mean the show's creators think society is doomed. In fact, they see their show as optimistic rather than a cautionary tale. Season two is a powerful ride, but we lace it with hope, says Littlefield. I'm old enough to have lived through the Vietnam War protests. I was arrested in Washington. 
Out of that adversity and corruption in the Nixon administration came tremendous social change, and so we don't want to be hopeless. That's an important element of what we brought to season two. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.